Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule. Aircule is an agency that helps small content teams get control of their SEO, analytics, and content strategy. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're amazing. They're super smart, and their free app, Atimo, tells you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to work on next. My favorite feature are knowing what pages are my wallflowers. These are pages with good engagement that aren't getting much traffic. Then I can figure out what to do next. Check it out at otimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now on to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We have officially made it to episode six of That's Marketing Baby. Today, we are going to be actually kind of a, it's, I think it's going to be a just heavier segment this time. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be talking about repurposing and amplifying content depending on the channel that you're on. So like which social platform and how we adapt those things for the different platforms and what they're good at. So welcome my amazing co-host, Jess Cook. Well, hello, Susan Wanagrad. Hello, hello. <laughs> this is a fun topic. And I just want to give a shout out real quick to friend of the podcast, Emily Totten, who brought this idea to us on LinkedIn. And it just seemed like super smart to talk about because it's something that I think uh, is pretty applicable to you know, any marketing manager for sure trying to repurpose strategically. So we're going to basically kind of walk you through, like, we're going to give you an example of like this really big meaty blog post that is fictional in our minds. And we're going to kind of talk through like in four different channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, how would we repurpose that strategically across those channels? So we have our, our big meaty blog post we know we want to repurpose this because it's doing really well. Like we're seeing performance metrics on it. That's like, okay, you know, maybe it's like breaking into, you know, recent top blog posts or getting more engagement or organic traffic than, you know, above par for those metrics. So we're like, okay, this is a great piece to repurpose. And so the first place we want to go, we're going to jump into just in our example here is Facebook. And so what I have found with Facebook is that people love links on Facebook. People on Facebook do not mind actually leaving the platform. And that's, I think, just for organic content there. That is probably more so the case. And maybe maybe that's not true in, in the paid sense of things, Susan. And we can talk about that in a minute. But in terms of organic I have found that you can kind of do a nice little setup, you know, maybe take one small lesson from that blog post, teach it within your Facebook post, and then drop a link right inside of the copy because it gives you that nice, big, like clickable image within your Facebook post. And people, for whatever reason, are very, very happy to click on that and go out of the platform to continue reading. So that's how I would repurpose within Facebook. Susan, on the paid side, what are your thoughts there? How would you amplify that? Yeah, so you really have two kind of main options as far as how you would do that. So the first is you can amplify your existing organic content. So you could just basically boost post, which would just take whatever you wrote, it will, you know, show it to the people that you have chosen, as far as you're targeting, and then, you know, push it out to them. The other way that you can do it is you can set it up as a 
like a traffic objective or an engagement objective. So boost post is kind of like an engagement already. I mean, it's, it's very similar in nature, but the other options to do web traffic. So the web traffic objective for Facebook really prioritizes people that are likely to click off the platform. You know, they're likely to click on stuff they've shown to your point. They have a habit. They're fine with going externally to other things. So the difference in the two is usually going to wind up being cost. So that's why I say it's a good idea to run both. You may find that you boost the post, the click-through rate's actually better and the clicks are cheaper. So then you could just run that. The difference is with the, the website traffic objective is that it's set up more like a traditional ad would be. So the link isn't in the body copy necessarily, but it's also a good way to test other ways of adapting that content. So for example, it's like if it's doing, the blog post is doing really well, maybe you want to say, okay, let's take this same idea, but I want to test this different headline in this ad, or let's rewrite the body copy to see if the click-through rate's higher when we do something like this. So it can give you a way if you want to do some creative testing on you know, your content and what's already written, just to understand, do they care more about this hook or that hook? Obviously, that's hard to do with organic content because it kind of is what it is. But if you run it as a website ad, you can kind of A-B test that stuff. So I would say, you know, prioritize that if you know you're trying to learn something. But otherwise, I would look for just what's getting you the best cost. Because typically for content like this, it's not like an opt-in play. You're really just trying to get awareness and get people to the site or get them familiar with your brand or, you know, whatever those kind of quote unquote softer marketing metrics are. So in those cases, I usually say do it for the biggest bang for your buck for the cheapest possible. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if it's an opt-in situation, it's a little bit different, but just for, you know, the purposes of trying to get the content out there more, I would say just test engagement slash boost post against website traffic and just watch the metrics and see what does better for you. Yeah, I think everything we're going to talk about today is very much aligned with like awareness or thought leadership yep. or just kind of like if you want to like get that marketing touch, right? Just like that kind yep. of first touch and kind of bring somebody into your world more so than a conversion yeah. is definitely what we're looking at here. We have Facebook crossed off. We're good to go there. Moving on to Twitter. So yeah. Twitter, all about the threads. And so what I would do here is I would take a look at my blog post. And for kind of a first stab at this, I would use all of my H2s as a new kind of part of that thread. Oh, I love that advice. That's awesome. It's like a nice little hack, right? Because it just helps kind of organize it in your mind. So you take, you know, your intro, your very first kind of piece of your thread. I'm not a Twitter, like I'm not big on Twitter. Is that what it's called? What's What are they called? Twitter threads? They're threads, but I mean like, is each section called a thing? Oh, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know if the pieces are called anything. Okay. Think, all right. I've just always heard, just, just always referred to as like my Twitter thread, the okay. thread. All right. All right. <laughs> 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 Clearly, I'm partial to LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been on Twitter forever. And I actually, that's actually the first time I've ever thought, like, does it have a name? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> good. Maybe it's not a dumb question then. No, it's so, not. So that first kind of the intro or part one, right? That is, you can pull specifically from your blog post intro and kind of set up the thing you're about to teach, right? And then each thread after that, pull from your H2s and distill whatever that H2 kind of that section is about into, you know, that part of the thread. 
And then what you can do is, you know, let's say this is a really meaty blog. Let's say there's, you know, plenty for a couple of threads in here. You know, you can do this multiple times in one piece and just kind of teach different sections. You can also just kind of reword the thread and teach the exact same lesson a couple of different times and spread that out a bit. So definitely tons of ways to like get this across and then take your conclusion. And that can be your last piece. You can drop your link in there if you want to get, you know, for more to dive deeper on this, get people over to your website, but definitely love the kind of the thread breakout of a blog post for Twitter. Yep. And I think that there's been a lot of talk about Twitter in the paid space because everyone's like, it's so cheap since Elon took over. It's so cheap. Everybody's bailing. So like there's kind of been this <laughs> pretty much. So there's kind of been like this perception that it's, you know, crazy cheap and you should do it. The challenge, you know, I always I always tell people to just step back and remember is that with Twitter, you know, it's a great big chat room. And so it's like the thing is, the second you leave your feed, when you come back, you're like, what the hell's going on? Because <laughs> like so much passes through. <laughs> so ads have always kind of been a struggle on there because of that. It's like people are in the middle of a conversation. So getting them to leave a conversation for a tweet that's just fleeting through their feed. It's, I've just never had it work particularly well. I mean, even just for like engagement or traffic or that kind of stuff, it's just, it's not a medium that is helpful <laughs> for amplification normally. And it's kind of funny because for as well as it does, the problem is, you know, it struggles, obviously the long form content piece is, is more difficult, you know, cause you're breaking mm -hmm. into threads to begin with. So you're, you're never going to be able to put the entire blog post there, but you know, usually the solution to that would be like, oh, we'll just drive them to the longer post. But the problem is no one wants to go to the longer post because then they leave that feed and then they're completely disoriented when they come back, like right. wondering where the hell everything went. So Twitter's just not one that I usually recommend you do a lot of amplification on. It's not to say it doesn't work. I mean, I know people that have made it work, but I just think it's a very specialized way that you have to figure out and adapt for your brand. And there's not really like best practices. Like I kind of feel like when I've seen it work well for brands, it was something that was so specific to them that it's not like it's a playbook that you could just redo. Does that make sense? It's just yeah. like, it's not something that's repeatable. It's like this very tailored thing based on, you know, their goals and their audience and that sort of thing. So Twitter's just not something, you know, I'd love to be able to say like, Hey, big hack, big secret. I just, I've tried it with a lot of brands and it just never, I mean, we never saw a correlation in lift. We never, it's like when we cut it off, nothing changed. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the places where I'm kind of like, I just don't think at least the way it exists now. I mean, they just sent out an email. It was like, yes, yesterday, it was sometime this week. And they're like, now you can target keywords. And we're all like, wow, <laughs> I forgot that wasn't even a thing. Like you can target <laughs> hashtags. But I'm like, I don't know that keywords is going to be any more help. You know, I think it's it's still the same problem. It's just the existence of the medium is so fast and it streams so quickly that it's just not very conducive to long form content, either to send people to or to post there. I've actually seen organic, but very personalized yes. things from brands do way better yeah. than ads there. I think that's the play. The human. Yeah. If it feels like it's a human that, and they tweeted yes. it and they just happen to be paying for it to be in front of you. I agree. That's when I've seen it work well. So it's like, I feel like the only way maybe in this example, this could work is if it's like, it's the company CEO and they have a good following and they tweet regularly and they decide to promote certain pieces of content. Like, that's a great point. That's, mm, that's, that's something interesting. Where I think like I've seen the same thing where it's like, it feels like it's a person and it's their tweet. It tends to do well. So 
the thing is you, you'd have to think through, is it worth all that trouble? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, is it going to get enough that's going to be worth all of that? And I think some of that just depends on the, you know, the following of the person that's posting it. That's super interesting. And maybe we'll see more of that as like this kind of personal branding thing is really taking off and like yeah. people being the face of the company and using kind of their personal channels to sell. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that leads pretty seamlessly into LinkedIn because that that is the place that... <laughs> That the, is the personal brand converges with the corporate brand. That's right. And I think a lot of the people that know of us, I think more people tend to know me from Twitter, although like I'm trying to change that just because the Twitter algorithm has been such a mess lately that it's like, I'm not seeing any engagement. I'm not seeing the people I follow. It's just been weird over there. But a lot of your followers are on LinkedIn. So I know people will be very curious to hear about your strategy when it comes to repurposing stuff like that on that platform specifically. Yeah, for sure. So I think the First, very key thing to know is that LinkedIn penalizes you when you put a link in your post. Yep. I've noticed the reach is like nothing. It kills it. Just it vaporizes. And, and when it's coming from a company page, it like really kills it because LinkedIn prioritizes humans over companies. So you take your blog post and, you know, LinkedIn, you can do some decently long posts now. But the thing is, you do want people to kind of stick around for that whole thing, right? So yeah. with LinkedIn, what I like to do is I like to find maybe like two to three lessons within each blog post and try to teach it within the post. So, you know, again, using maybe H2s as kind of your tent poles for organizing the post around some key points. And then dropping the link, again, making it additive. You're trying to make this zero click and, and kind of teach the lesson to your audience natively. But drop the link in the comments. That way you aren't getting penalized. But if someone wants to learn more about that topic or, you know, actually, you know, read the full thing, it's there for them. And you can even say that right in the post. Like, you know, everything you need is in the comments or, you know, want more, grab the link in the comments, right? So make sure you bring that up so that people are aware it's there in case they want it. And then I usually can get, you know, two to three to four, if it's a, if it's a good, you know, long blog post with tons of like great insights and lessons in it, you know, two to three to four posts out of it, LinkedIn posts out of it. And then I'm also not afraid on LinkedIn, especially to, you know, if it did really well, three months later, I'll come back and repost the exact same post. Don't change a thing. You if are my repurposing well. queen. That's what I call yeah. like, you. Like, 1% of your audience will see it. Yeah. So, you know, it's so easy to forget that though. Like as is. a marketer, it's like, you, you're like, oh, I've seen this five times. And you have to remind yourself, but these people are not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, of course I've seen it five times because it's what I do for a living. Exactly. And if you're doing mm -hmm. it right, there is a large percentage of your audience who didn't see it at all the first time because mm -hmm. you're growing, right? So you just have to keep those things in mind. Do not be afraid if something performed well, come back. I usually give it three months and repost the exact same thing again. From the amplification side, LinkedIn is really interesting this way. You and I tested this a lot because mm -hmm. you, you did a lot of posting on LinkedIn. So I had a lot of fun just kind of like messing around and figuring out what it does. Every time we would post something, if we saw that it was doing well, I would always kind of do the same thing that I test on Facebook where I would do like engagement and just promote the organic post. And I would take it and then create like an actual website traffic focused objective ad with it. It was insane how much better the engagement stuff did. It was like pennies on the dollar compared to what you would pay with any other objective. So when people are like LinkedIn's so expensive, I'm like, if you do it right, it isn't necessarily. I mean, there were times where it's like our cost per click was the same as Facebook's, but like it was such better qualified traffic because we were promoting it to exactly 
the company sizes, the job roles, like we were pinpointing it so, so well. And what was also funny was like the whole purpose of the website traffic, you know, objective you would think is a really good click-through rate. Our click-through rate was always so much better on the engagement posts. Isn't like on this, this is click-through. This isn't even just like interaction. It's like people that actually clicked on, you know, the link or whatever was in there or expanded it to read, like all those actions were way better on the engagement. So at this point, it's like, with a lot of the, you know, the clients that I'm advising when they're kind of, they're asking a lot about the LinkedIn side. I'm just like, if you think you're going to run something as an ad and it's just driving to your content, write an organic post for it. Like don't write it as an ad, write it like you would if it was an organic post. And like, what would you want to say to put your best foot forward knowing that we could pay to get that in front of your target audience? And it's just interesting to see how that changes things because there's also this whole perception, I think that like when you're writing it, it's going to be an ad brands just, they start defaulting to just talking about their products. You know, they, it, there's just this thing. They're like, well, if I'm paying for it, I have to tell them everything I possibly can. And I'm like, no, you're providing value. That doesn't change just because you're putting dollars behind it. A lot of times that's kind of what I'll advise on the LinkedIn side is I'm like, it's going to do bad. If it appears to be an advertisement, it's going to do terribly. It's boring. Yeah. It's not about them. It's it, it, but, I think that's why they did so well because it just looked like a post. Yes. Right. And because the engagement on them was high already. Yep. And then we boosted them. So it got even higher. And so it was like, oh, I want to be in on this. This is really yeah. popular, you know? Yeah. And it, we weren't selling anything in it. Yeah. I mean, it was literally, you know, there are topics that were tangential to the problems that the product solved. Yes. But I mean, there were problems that our target audience could relate to. You know, it's like totally. we weren't even necessarily offering a solution that had anything to do with the software itself, we were just acknowledging that this problem exists and here are some ways to work around it or the way we've seen things happen in the industry. And it establishes a lot of credibility that people are like, yeah. oh, these people get me. They totally know what I'm going through. And then by association, that just kind of bleeds over into, oh, and hey, they have a product that does this, but you don't have to be so overt. You know, I just feel like it, you don't, just because you're paying for it doesn't mean you have to like slam them over the head with your product and what it does and how much it costs and book a demo. And, you know, you don't have to be pushy about it. Exactly. Like we saw the less pushy you are on LinkedIn, the better it does. Totally. Two more things here. Yeah. The hook is everything on LinkedIn mm -hmm. because it will truncate to the little link that always says, see more. Mm -hmm. If it's a text only post, you get five lines. If you have an image or a video, you get two. So keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind when you're writing these posts. Like what are, if I have five lines of text because I don't have an image or a video, like what am I going to say that's going to get someone to say, see more? And that's your impression. You get that impression when someone clicks, see more. If you have a video or an image, I like to do some sort of kind of intriguing, like one line of like, Here's, I think one of our top ones when we were at Marpipe was like, here's why your conversion rate is shit. Even if your click-through rate is fire, like, and yeah. I use the emojis. And so like, I had that line, I had a space and then, you know, then we had the video that came with it that kind of like told you the reason. Yeah. And things like that gets people's ears to perk up and, and that gets them really interested. So if you can, you know, take a lesson from your blog post and distill it in a way that like those first three or two lines are really going to get them interested and get them to look at the rest of the post you've got in the bag. So a platform we didn't touch on, 
but I think is super interesting because we were like, how are we getting so many leads and demo oh requests from Instagram of all places? Yes. And even on the paid side, you know, there's Instagram is not the place that most businesses think to spend money because it is very consumer centric. It's a lot of visual selling. And obviously, you know, the majority of B2B is usually SaaS, right? It's like software, it's intangible things. Yeah. So Instagram on the surface would seem like not a great place to even bother with because you're like, I can't do a visual of this vaporous <laughs> software that has solutions <laughs> for people. But you and I were, we would continually see people come from Instagram and not only join the email list, but they would request demos. Yes. And I remember we were so, when it first started, we're like, we thought, that, we thought the tracking was broken. We're like, it says it's coming from Linktree, but like- it can't be right. Yeah, they're like, there's no way this is coming. Like we really thought something was broken. Like we thought yeah. the UTMs were wrong. Like yeah. we did not believe it for a second. And then more sure and more, like you looked and you're like, no, we're actually getting a following on Instagram, which was just weird because it's just not where a lot of B2B hangs out. So yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, especially for a, a situation like that, where it's a very visual medium and you can't rely on the text like you can on other setups. What does that look like in your world when you yeah. go to do that? Okay. So this is it feels like I'm cheating a little bit because you can't just like, again, like you said, like take the text and like make, make a post, right? <laughs> so to make you be visual content lady. That's right. <laughs> you can't you write do words. To, <laughs> I know. Ah, Instagram, you do a bit of extra work, but I, I promise it's worth it. So within Instagram, what I have found that works is you can dig into that blog post and really understand like, okay, what's the problem that I'm helping someone solve here? And there's always something really annoying about that problem, right? And yeah. I love to create a meme that represents that problem and then use that in Instagram yeah. and use it as a driver to get people to go to that blog post. So let me talk through that process a little bit. So I'm going to give them a little shout out here because this is like my favorite tool is image flip, IMG flip is where I always go to make all my memes, little free meme generator. They're awesome. And they have all like the most popular ones and you can just insert your text and like hit generate and you have your image. So I'll typically go in there and I'll find one that like makes sense. and like, oh yeah, that kind of speaks to this problem that this blog post is talking about. I'll create a caption for it. And then we always had like a, we, we use Linktree, but you know, there's a ton of like different little link aggregators for Instagram since you can't drop a link, a clickable link into the caption. So, you know, you would always say like, kind of give people a short lesson within the caption, you know, link to the full blog post and bio, and then you can hop over there and get people to that blog post. And it worked like a charm. Which I mean, I think- It shocked me just because I'm like, they have to go to the buy, like it's extra steps, yeah, you know? It's a much longer process. And I do think, I mean, people are conditioned to that on Instagram. So yeah. it's not like, but even still, I'm like, to have that work on B2B was fascinating to me. Yes. I'm like, God, that just seems like more work than it would be worth to most people, but they do it. I mean, they yeah. totally did it. I just think it spoke to like, we were very good about coming up with memes that spoke directly to the problem in yeah. a way that that audience like it, they felt it, right? Like it was like, yeah, yeah I've had that happen multiple times. And us media times. buyers are a very jaded, cynical group. So it's yeah, exactly. fun to create memes for because anything that's snarky, we're like, yep, clicking on that. <laughs> yeah. So that's one kind of way to go about it. One other way to go about it, a heavier lift, but still works very, very well is if you have a podcast or you are willing to create some sort of short form video, get someone an SME, uh, the author of the blog post, whatever, someone in your company to distill 
a handful of the insights and lessons from that blog post into a short video. And you can post those clips on Instagram. And those also did very well. Yeah. And you're going to want to give it some sort of like header on top of the video and some related caption that piques people's interest, right? Like, yeah. You know, why are they going to want to watch, again, to your point, a B2B video on Instagram? It has to like really capture their attention, it has to be intriguing. It has to like how to solve this problem that has really been bothering you for, you know, as long as you've been doing this job kind yeah. of thing. And we had really great success with that. Again, we would say, you know, link in bio, it would link over to either the full length video or the blog post that kind of insight had come from. So mm -hmm. Instagram, again, is just a little bit more work. But mm -hmm. it's really interesting because it is so visual. I think the emotion that the content there carries is a little deeper than it can that's be the key in too. text. Like, yeah. can, you, can you make B2B emotional? Yeah. How good it's like a creative, how good of a creative are you? Can you, right. can you elicit a tear <laughs> over visualizations that this SaaS can provide you? That's right. <laughs> so I think those were all the platforms pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. We, you know, I mean, there's TikTok. I have my thoughts on TikTok. Don't hold back. What are your thoughts on TikTok? Now I want to know. What are your thoughts on TikTok? Other than the fact you're investing in something that the government might ban someday. Let's just set <laughs> that aside. One. Two, I don't think it's for like I think they're so they're out there right now. Like there's so much conversation around like if you're not on TikTok, you're missing out. And B2B wise, I just don't agree. I don't think it it's not where all of the B2B audiences are right now. So I don't think it makes sense for some. I don't think it makes sense for everyone. Three, I actually think. YouTube shorts are going to, at some point very soon, overtake TikTok in popularity. Mm. And I think that that is a lower barrier to entry for marketers yeah. to get content into. Yeah. There isn't, you don't really have to get over this idea of like, oh, I have to create something native for that platform. I just think it's a lot easier to take small clips and turn them into shorts and, and get them up on That is the thing YouTube. with TikTok. It's like, it's very hard to repurpose any of that. I mean, like it, it you can't, I mean, it, I speak, I say this as someone that I own a physical e-com business. So like forget B2B, but it's yeah. like even the stuff that I make, a lot of people are like, oh, make it for Instagram reels and then download it and put it on TikTok. But it's like the trend, I spend a lot of time on both just watching and like, cause I like to see what other, you know, handmade businesses are doing. It's just interesting to see what they're up to. But like a lot of times the trending sounds are not the same on both, at least from, no. I'm just like, okay, great. So I cut it together for Instagram, but it's like, the songs that are popular on TikTok are not the same ones that are popular on Instagram. So it's like I could upload it, but then it just kind of seems like a fish out of water. Yes. Or then it's like, okay, reset it to a different music, but then like the cut times don't line up with the beats. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I'm not kidding you. Every week I have like a sit your ass down for an hour and cut together social videos for the week. And I never do it because I wind up being like a deer in headlights. I'm like, do I make them for Instagram? Do I make them for tape? Like, I don't know which one to make it for. So I just wind up doing nothing. Like, which is yeah. so terrible of me to admit that. Cause I'm like, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm supposed to be on social. I know. So it's like, no one needs to lecture me. I know. Yeah. It's just like, it, it is that thing where it's like, you can't really repurpose those easily. And so in a B2B, it's like, you have even less video assets usually. I mean, right. for me, I can record stuff whenever I want, which is almost the opposite problem. It's like you have so much that you could make that then you don't know what to do. So again, you just stare like a deer in headlights at your phone. <laughs> You're like, I should be making something with all of this. But on the B2B side, it's like you have even less video assets normally. Like, what are you yeah. going to record? You using it right. and then yeah. cutting it to like Dr. Dre hook? Like, I don't know. <laughs> 
what you would do on TikTok with, you know, I'm like, I don't yeah. know. There are some companies out there that are doing a fantastic yeah. job and, yeah. and their audience base yeah. is there. Yes. So it makes sense for them. Yeah. But I think there's going to be kind of this like shift over like B2B audiences are already on YouTube. Yeah. For marketers, it's easier. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be this like shift or convergence where it's like, yeah, the audience is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. The audience (laughs) is a good point. Cause there are so many, you know, things as far as just like watching how to do stuff or industry news or any of that stuff that, you know, YouTube is just kind of, and it's what always shows up in the search engines first too. It's the hot thing right now. And so YouTube is prioritizing it Yeah, no matter if you search or look for shorts or not. So, you know, that's my hot take slash prediction. <laughs> YouTube shorts, y'all. You heard it here, folks. You heard it from the content person herself. That Get that's where it. you go. That's right. <laughs> Me as the paid person, I'm just like, I wonder if we can monetize that. <laughs> we, can we effectively promote that and have it work? There we go. YouTube's a whole other ball of wax with paid though. So we yeah. won't go into that today. But no. Yeah. We've used up our time effectively. I we have. Say. Well, thank you, Jess, because I know that this was this was a topic a lot of people were curious about. I've always I've watched I've watched you do it seamlessly, you know, across all these platforms, and I'm like, how does she do it? So it, it was interesting to hear you articulate it. Like I became familiar with how you did it just because I watched how you did it, but like I like hearing the why and how you figured out how to do it that way. It's super nifty. So oh, that's so great to hear. It's funny because like. And I know you've had this happen too, where you, it seems obvious yes. to you, right? And so you're like, well, no, everyone knows this. And then they don't. I'll have like, I'll relay <laughs> this to you. And you're like, I, I worked no. with, I worked with you for over a year. It's not, still not obvious to me. So, you know, it was like, and then when Emily brought this up, it was like, yes, this makes perfect yeah. sense to do an yep. episode on. So hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully you can get some posts out of that now that you kind of know like, Hey, this is what this is what we can do in each of these places. And that's content marketing, baby. That's content marketing, baby. <laughs> well, we will see everybody next week. And thanks for tuning in. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.